What you do with Jesus determines your eternal destiny. Today on Daily in the Word, Dr. Paul Chapel takes us on a journey to discover who Jesus Christ really is. God knew us, and God knew our sin. And I want you to realize this morning that God didn't look at the human race and go, oh, that is gross, that is sick, I don't want anything to do with them, stay away from me. When God saw your need, and when God saw my sin, instead of saying, I'm gonna stay up here in heaven, He came down to us, and the Word became flesh, and listen to me, dwelt among us. Our view of Jesus affects the way we view God, the world, ourselves, and every one of our decisions. What we do with Jesus determines where we will spend eternity. Welcome to Daily in the Word. This program features the teaching and preaching of Dr. Paul Chapel, pastor of Lancaster Baptist Church and president of West Coast Baptist College in Lancaster, California. In our series, The Person of Jesus, we will get a glimpse into the life of Christ. We will come face to face with the Savior. We will learn about His attributes, His character, and His love for all mankind. No one on earth has changed the face of history like the Lord Jesus Christ. And now, here's Pastor Paul Chapel with part one of a message called, Jesus is Lord. Today we see the power of the Lord Jesus Christ to change lives by His Word and by His touch. We see that He is sovereign in this decision. We see that He is powerful in this decision as well. Today we see men who call out to the Lord Jesus, one man that is brought to the Lord Jesus. They leave the choice and the initiative for action and for healing to the Lord, but they recognize that He is certainly able to change their lives, to touch and save their lives. I believe God wants us to bring that spirit to church this morning, that attitude this morning that says with this man, Lord, if thou will, thou can. Lord, if you want to change my marriage, you can. Lord, if you want to change my heart, you can. Lord, if you want to, you can. I believe that you are Lord and you can do anything but fail. That's the spirit these men had. Lord, if you will, you can. The Bible says in Psalm 34 and verse 18, the Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. I'm thankful that the Lord Jesus is not untouchable, but that he can be touched with the feeling of our infirmities and how we praise God for his availability to us this morning. Well, as we consider this subject, Jesus is Lord. I want you to notice today in the word of God and in your notes, first of all, that he is a powerful Lord. And the way we're going to learn that today is by seeing his power over one of the worst diseases ever known to man, a disease called leprosy. Notice, if you will, in verse number 12, it says, And he came to pass when he was in a certain city, behold, a man full of leprosy, who seeing Jesus fell on his face and besought him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. There's a doctor by the name of Dr. Paul Brand in Carville, Louisiana, who's done a tremendous amount of study on the disease of leprosy. And as he studied the disease, he has written about the fact that the disease primarily attacks the nerve endings of a person's body, and that soon death begins to find its way wherever the nerve endings are until a person slowly has their body eaten away to the point of death. I was surprised to read that in 2010, there were 288,000 new cases 
of leprosy recorded in the world's population. It is still a disease that is bringing much difficulty into people's lives even today. In Bible times, leprosy was considered a curse. It was considered that you were a sinful person if you had leprosy. This leprosy, which caused nerve damage, also caused people to be placed in isolation. Perhaps you've heard of leper camps or leper colonies, and they were separated out from the population at large. In 1873, one Norwegian scientist discovered that leprosy was communicable by breath and by touch. And so it was true that then and for many centuries before then, lepers were set apart so that they would not spread their disease anywhere in society. That was the case in Bible times. We read about it in Leviticus. It's in your notes, Leviticus 13 and verse 1. The Bible says, I, the Lord, spake unto Moses and Aaron, saying, When a man shall have in the skin of his flesh a rising, a scab, a bright spot, and it be in the skin of his flesh like the plague of leprosy, then he shall be brought unto Aaron the priest or unto one of his sons the priest. And the priest shall look on the plague in the skin of the flesh, and when the hair in the plague is turned white, and the plague in the sight be deeper than the skin of his flesh, it is a plague of leprosy, and the priest shall look on him and pronounce him unclean. Interesting. The priests were something like a medical doctor today who would determine whether or not this malady in the skin was leprosy. And when they determined it was leprosy, they would determine these people to be unclean. And it was deemed that you should stay away from them. And perhaps you've heard that these people, whenever they would get around a population, they were to stay at least 50 yards away. But when they got near to people, they were to cry out, unclean, unclean, unclean. They were to declare themselves as unclean. I remember several years ago, there was a project out at Edwards Air Force Base, and a few of our men were in the leadership of that project, and it was a classified project. And and they said, Pastor, we're able now to bring a few uh, visitors, if you'd like to come and see this project. Uh, and uh, they invited me to come, and my calendar allowed. And so uh, we went out, and, and they had to take all kinds of information before we went, driver's license, social security. And, and uh, then when we got there, they had to uh, once again go through a security process. And then I'll never forget what they did next. Before we could approach this particular aircraft, they said, now, Pastor, you're going to have to carry, and they gave me what was like the siren, uh, the light on the top of a police car. And they said, you're going to have to carry this light around, this red light. You've got to carry this around, and, and you've got to say, not clear, not clear. And they would say, when we get close, not clear, cover up, things like that. And I remember walking around that aircraft that day in that company saying, not clear, not clear. And I thought to myself, this is what it must have felt like to have leprosy walking around making a statement like that and everybody looking at you like oh he's not clear and not wanting to be around you and covering up from you but imagine a man with leprosy saying unclean unclean and that was exactly what these with leprosy would experience well as we come to this moment I want you to learn about the power of our Lord first of all we see that his power was known his power was known. This leper recognized Jesus immediately, and he recognizes him as Lord immediately. Now, be sure you get the context in verse 12. It says, this man was full of leprosy. I believe it is not at all a stretch of the imagination to consider that his ears were full of it. His face was full of it. 
Some had leprosy to the point that their eye sockets would become so filled with leprosy, their eyeballs would literally fall out of their body. This man, the Bible says, was full of leprosy. And the Bible says when he sees Jesus, he refers to him as Lord. And he has a heart of faith in this statement. Lord, if thou wilt, thou can. This man besought the Lord. He begged of the Lord. And he said, Lord, you can make me clean. You can pronounce me clean as in the Levitical sense. You are the high priest. You can declare me clean from this leprosy. And I believe this man humbled himself, the Bible says, to fall on his face before the Lord. He probably literally physically fell down before the Lord. The Bible says in Proverbs 15 and verse 33, the fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom. This man had an awe for the Lord. He believed that he was Lord and he put his confidence in him. He believed that with God all things are possible. Years ago there was a pastor by the name of Lee Scarborough and Pastor Scarborough preached a morning message on Jonah. And he preached about Jonah being swallowed up by a giant whale and uh, how Jonah was then spit out on the shore near modern-day Joppa or Tel Aviv there. And uh, as it was told by the pastor, his son heard the message. And, and as his son heard the message, they were at home later, and he said to his dad, he said, Daddy, do you really believe in a fish that could swallow up a man, carry him around, and then drop him back like that? And Dr. Scarborough said, well, son, if God could make a man out of absolutely nothing to begin with, then don't you think that God has power to make a fish that could hold a man for a few days and then spit him back out like that? The son said, well, dad, if you're going to bring God into it, I guess that's different, isn't it? Well, what you have to realize this morning is that God was in the picture in Luke chapter 5. And God is going to deal with a man full of leprosy. His power was known. Secondly, his power was shown. The Bible says in verse 13 these words. And he put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will be thou clean. Now notice the power of Jesus is shown, first of all, in healing this man. And I want you to see a very important wording here in verse 13. It says, and he put forth his hand and touched him. Would you say those three words with me, please? And touched him. One more time. Now think of that and just let it sink in for a moment. Here is a man that had not been touched by another human being in perhaps decades. Here is a man that nobody wanted to be around. Here is a man that everybody mocked. Here is a man that was the castaway of society, and yet Jesus touches him. Now we know that the power is going to come in the Word of God, but let's not minimize for this moment the touch of God. And let's think for just a moment of what it must have been like to be touched when he had not been touched. How many of you understand the power of the human touch? Child development psychologists tell us that without touch, children would be disabled. Without touch, they would be emotionally disabled. And I believe that to be true. I believe little children need the touch. Little infants need the touch of their mother, their father, their grandparents. And it's so tragic in this day with such a difficulty because of the pornography industry and because of the sin that prevails in men's hearts with all of the child molestation. 
that we have to be so extra careful in the sense of even getting around young children or even touching young children. But let me say uh, that from the family especially, there's a great need for touch and encouragement. And, uh, and within, within the realm of, of godliness, that is a powerful, powerful factor in someone's life. Here's a man no one wanted to touch. But Jesus touched him. Jesus loved him enough to touch him. And I don't know about you this morning, but I'm thankful that Jesus Christ came down to me and that He was willing to touch my dirty, sinful life and to tell me with His gospel that He loves me. And I want to remind you this morning, there are people all throughout Lancaster and Palmdale who need the touch of God through us and they need to know the love of God. And they don't need us to abstain from them because they're tattooed or pierced or wicked or cursing or ungodly. They don't need us to, to uh, abstain from them. They need us to love them with the love of the Lord Jesus Christ and Jesus touched him and he spoke a word of healing to him Psalm 33 and verse 9 says for he spake and it was done he commanded and it stood fast now you know the symbolic message that is given to us if you've studied leprosy at all you understand that leprosy in the Bible is a type of sin Leprosy is a picture of sin. Isaiah chapter 1, verses 4 through 6, the Bible tells us 700 years before the life of Jesus that leprosy was likened to the sin in the nation of Israel. And the fact is uh, that leprosy pictures the need that we have in our own life. And the fact is that if you and I were to see someone that was filled up with leprosy, honestly, if we were honest, we might say, oh, that is gross, that is sick, wow, that is, that is terrible. But I want you to remember that as leprosy is a type of sin, that when God saw you and when God saw me before we were born, God knew us and God knew our sin. And I want you to realize this morning that God didn't look at the human race and go, oh, that is gross, that is sick, I don't want anything to do with them, stay away from me. When God saw your need and when God saw my sin, instead of saying, I'm going to stay up here in heaven, he came down to us and the word became flesh and listen to me, dwelt among us. God came down to our leper colony. That's how much God loves us this morning. That he would come and touch us with his wonderful, wonderful gospel. He shows his power in healing. Then he shows his power in teaching. Now notice this in verse 14. Very interesting. He charges this man and he says to him, Tell no man, but go and show thyself to the priest and offer for thy cleansing according as Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. Now Jesus looks at this man that he has just healed and he charges him. The word means to announce or to declare to him. And he says to him, now look, before you go running off telling everybody what happened, I want you to do what the Bible tells us to do back in the law. There is a process for admittance back into society, and I want you to follow that process. Deuteronomy chapter 24 says, Take heed in the plague of leprosy that thou observe diligently and do according to all that the priest and Levite shall teach you. Now what would take place is something like this. When a man felt that he had been cleansed from leprosy, either supernaturally or through the process of his natural body healing itself somehow, if he thought he was in the process of healing, he was to go to the priest. He was to have that healing affirmed over a period of eight days. If after eight days it truly appeared that the leprosy had gone away, then the priest would declare this man having a valid healing. And in order to celebrate, there would be an offering made at that moment of two doves that would be sacrificed.
After the offering of two doves was sacrificed, there would be a seven-day period of celebration. At the end of the celebration, they would take a lamb, they would slay the lamb for sacrifice to God, they would take the blood of the lamb, and they would place the blood on the ears of the man that had been healed from leprosy. That was the ceremonial law. When you read Leviticus sometimes, you read a lot of those ceremonial laws, and you go, this is kind of weird. This is kind of Jewish. I don't understand it. But let me give you a beautiful New Testament picture. Because all of us in sin are spiritually lepers. And were it not for Jesus, the Lamb of God, who shed His blood, our leprosy would never be taken away. And so the picture was that when a man had leprosy and he was declared healed, it was sealed by the Lamb's blood being placed upon his ears. And the only way that your sin and mine is taken away is by the blood of the Lamb of God. Remember what John the Baptist said when he saw Jesus? Behold, say it with me, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. Hebrews 9.22, without the shedding of the blood, there is no remission for sin. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And so it was the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ that washed our sins away. And Jesus said to this man, hey, before you go telling everybody, I want you to go see the priest and let them know and let them declare what has happened in your life in this day. And so it it was that God was fulfilling his will in this man's life and the sins of this man were taken away it's called the doctrine of expiation and his man his his sin was washed away by the blood of Jesus Christ now he is powerful his power was known by the leper his power was shown to the leper but Jesus who is 100% God is also 100% man he is the God man the Word, the eternal Word, became flesh and dwelt among us. So I want you to see an interesting side note with me. Notice, if you would now, in verse 15. But so much the more went there a fame abroad of him, and great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. And he withdrew himself into the wilderness and prayed. Now apparently, the leper did not listen to what Jesus had told him to do. In fact, you sometimes can look at the other Gospels and get a fuller rendering or idea. They're called the synoptic Gospels because they all are commentary on the other. And if you want to know exactly what this man did, look in your notes at Mark 145. It says, but when he went out and began to publish it much and to blaze abroad the matter. Listen, this guy went right out, starts telling everybody, Jesus healed me, Jesus healed me, Jesus healed me. He didn't go to the priest. He just started, in fact, notice it says, he's blazing abroad the matter. Hey, this is before the internet. This is before Facebook, and he's just letting everybody know what had happened in his life. Well, what was the result of that? The result is simple. The line to see Jesus gets very, very long. People are coming from everywhere. They want to hear him. They want to see him. They want to be healed by him. And it tells us in verse 15, great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed. And so though Jesus is 100% God, the Bible tells us he's going to take some time away from the multitudes. And he's going to go out, the Bible says, and withdraw himself into the wilderness. And he's going to pray. Now listen, this is more than time management. This is energy management. And I think there's a lesson for us here today. There's a lesson to remember that there are times when we must pull apart 
and take some time to rest with God and to read God's Word and to talk to the Father. And, and the fact is, and some of us have learned this in more difficult ways, you can run on adrenaline and cortisol just so long. Caffeine will keep you going just so long. You can only run on adrenaline so long. We should learn today from Jesus that sometimes we need to pull apart out of the busy, crazy schedule that sometimes fights against our devotional life and it fights against our walk with God. And we should pull apart, and I believe this is necessary for caretakers who give of themselves in hospice care and hospital care and for those that are EMTs who see tragedy and bloodshed and, and the wages of sin sometimes on a daily basis. For those that are counselors, and yes, those that are pastors, I believe there's a lesson to be learned here from our Lord Jesus Christ to make margin and to take time in a wilderness place away from everything else to pray and be with God. Matthew 14, 23, And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. Powerful God, yes, Jesus is. But in the human body, there was a need to pull apart, to be replenished, and even as the Son of God, to commune with God the Father. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is powerful Lord. But notice, secondly, He's a merciful Lord. I want you to see His mercy as we come to a man that was crippled with the palsy. The Bible says in verse 17, It came to pass on a certain day, as he was teaching, that there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by, which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. And behold, men brought in a bed a man which was taken with palsy, and they sought means to bring him in and to lay him before him. Now let's just pull over for a moment and get a little context here. This is on another day in another city, probably Capernaum, where we've studied before, the hometown of Peter, the hometown of Peter's mother-in-law, who we met two weeks ago. And Jesus is here in Capernaum, possibly at Peter's house. Jesus is teaching and a large crowd is gathered around the house. They're listening to what Jesus has to say. But on this day, there are some officials present and we meet them for the first time in Luke this morning. And they are called scribes and Pharisees. The scribes and Pharisees have come from Jerusalem and other regions. And they have come for the purpose of watching and trying to discern concerning this man, Jesus Christ, whom has created so many people's interests and caused them to become interested and has healed so many. These scribes were formerly educated men. The Pharisees were the students of the scribes. And they're gathered around here in Capernaum. Now when you think about the scribes and Pharisees, they probably go back to the days of Ezra. Ezra the priest was overseeing the construction of the second temple. After the people had come back from Babylon, the Bible records that Ezra had established a school of such, uh, uh, such men, the scribes, and Ezra verses uh, chapters 9 and 10 speak of it. Ezra commanded these men to separate from the ungodly nations around them. They were separatists by nature, the scribes and Pharisees. And the great desire of the scribes and Pharisees was to understand and magnify God's laws. That's how it began. It began very well intended to magnify the law of God, to emphasize the holiness of God. However, the movement of the Pharisees soon became very legalistic so that its leaders began to lay burdens upon the people that, that made it impossible to do what Psalm 100 says, serve the Lord with gladness. The Pharisees were killjoys, and, and they robbed the gladness of the people of God. In fact, notice in Matthew 23, 4, it says, 
for they bind heavy burdens and grievous to be borne and lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers. You've been listening to Daily in the Word with Dr. Paul Chappell, pastor of Lancaster Baptist Church and president of West Coast Baptist College in Lancaster, California. If you're interested in watching Pastor Chappell preach live during a Lancaster Baptist Church service, you can now log on to lbclive.tv Sunday mornings and Sunday evenings. Visit lancasterbaptist.org for a list of times and other services. We hope today's message has encouraged you. Dr. Chappell serves as a pastor of Lancaster Baptist Church, and he is the author of many books. But most of all, he has a passion and love for you. If you've been helped through Dr. Chapel's ministry, he'd love to hear your story. Visit us on our website today where you can listen to today's entire message, become a partner in the Word, and sign up for Pastor Chapel's Daily in the Word email devotional. Visit us at paulchapel.com. And thank you for listening today. Be sure to join us next time as we continue to discover God's answers for today's challenges here on Daily in the Word.